Hello everyone. Hope you all are doing well. Today we are going to discuss about the most difficult phase of our Man United life. Yes, you're right. I'm talking about the post Ferguera. Trust me, it has not been easy. It was an emotional ride inside each of us as we continue to reflect how it has been and how it could have been different if not better. Unfortunately, it was impossible to compress this 6 years into one single episode. So this will be released into two parts. Hope you enjoy being a part of our ride through the memory lane. Thank you for tuning in to the fourth episode of the Man United Way podcast. I'm your host Tanmoy and joining me today all known faces from the last two episodes Amin, Arslan and Bhaskar. And I think today we will take a ride down to our memory lane and look back to the post Fergie era. Now Sir Alex Ferguson made Manchester United the superpowers of the 90s and 2000s. He won 13 Premier League title out of 21 seasons since its introduction. And being a Star Wars fan, I can say that he had the ability to make us look like a force with the most ordinary of players. His ability to bring the best out of every player was his USP and he always knew that he needed to remain a champion. Now looking back into the second last season of his after Manchester United lost to Manchester City by goal difference he knew that he need to change something now think about this we already overtook Liverpool that time with 19 titles and still there was an amazing hunger within him that he did not want to end out there now Fergie being ruthless he brought in Robin van Persie and Shinji Kagawa that season and what a signing they came out to be Robin van Persie scored 30 goals that season and United won it comfortably now the only sad part in that season was the Champions League. Now Fergie really wanted to win the Champions League that season, I think. And that was his, you know, way of signing off from United. I still can't forget that the way Nani was shown the red card for the high boot and that decision changed the match to Real Madrid's favor. And immediately Jose being the opponent manager, he knew exactly what to do. He introduced Modric into the game and Modric very well took advantage of our numbers and played those passes and we lost that match. Now, well Mourinho did say after the match that the best team did not win and had it been yes. 11 versus 11 he would not have won right. yeah that's true yeah that's true but i think that was fergie's way of signing off he already knew that he got the league with robin van persie the way united was playing i don't think united were a doubt not to win the league that season we had an amazing amount of points amazing amount of goals we had about more than 10 goals or 16 goals in goal difference with manchester city that season and we literally blew everyone except for the last match where we drew 5-5 to West Brom but I think apart from that the whole season we were amazing to watch yes so the champions league yes because he had not won it for many years so it was something that people were criticizing him for that for so many years he's been a manager but he's won very less champions league comparatively to Mourinho and Pep Guardiola they were much younger than him much lesser experience and they had one equal to him so that was one thing that was also in his back of his mind that he wanted to go out with champions league yeah that's true i think the best of the managers have won champions league at least twice or thrice and him winning it only twice even though he made it to the final two times after he won with ronaldo only to be defeated by messi's brilliance both times he desperately wanted to win it in the last season but anyway we cannot really ponder upon it any further but i think as we you know owe everything to the brand manchester united growing in prominence throughout those two decades i think he signed off with two very bad decisions i think one of them was the signing of wilfred zaha and the second one appointing david moyes as his successor and i think that is where things started going wrong for manchester united there is one more thing that i would like to point out that the club was 
not left in a very good state because there were a lot of holes. There were a lot of aging players that were in the team that needed to be replaced. So when Alex Ferguson left the club, those replacements did not come. So the club was in a very imbalanced state. It's Alex Ferguson's brilliance that we managed to win the title with this squad. I think it would be a bit of a stretch to think that other managers would have managed to achieve the same thing. I think it was just uh, Sir Alex's brilliance that we managed to win the Premier League. So I think the team or the squad was also very imbalanced at that time when he left the club. I think it's true to a certain extent but not completely true I would say because if we look at the squad that time David Dahia was the goalkeeper and he had a couple of very good seasons when Sir Alex left. Rafael was a brooming right back at that point of time. Evra was still there like he had about a couple of seasons in him. Rio and Vidic yes they were growing old but at that point of time Johnny Evans, Chris Smalling and Phil Jones even though Phil Jones is quite a bad player right now but at this point of time when Fergie was leaving Phil Jones was a pretty good player so the defense was still okay yes you could say that the center midfield was not that good because apart from Michael Carrick I don't remember him having anyone as good as out there Paul Scholes of course was retiring Ryan Giggs was about to retire Darren Fletcher was just back so he was not into his prime even though he started playing very well after one year or so as much as it's true that Fargi had his own way of motivating and getting the players worked out he was not really leaving old team behind what went missing I think we will come to that with Moez as we start talking about Moez but remember one thing that the squad was still a champion squad and a couple of addition here and there could have still saved us but I think we can start talking about how Moez got in and what was the difference at that point of time Bhaskar you want to come in here First of all, I think the major flaw was appointing Moes in the first place because not like he had a very good track record or he had any experience in actually winning titles or cups or anything. But he did well with a team like Everton because given their financial constraints, he achieved with Everton was commendable, but he was never a big team manager. And secondly, one of the main reasons why I think he didn't do that well was as soon as he came in, like if you remember, the first thing he did was replace the entire backroom staff of Man United where exactly. yes. Rene Mulstein and Steele like uh, Mick Phelan some of the key guys who had been there for years with Fergie and who knew all the players their strengths their weaknesses they could have helped Moez integrate properly into the team and given him a good background about the players and how maybe they should have been played and everything because everybody was used to a certain type of play so that was I think his biggest mistake come into a club like United and clear out the entire backroom stuff and bring his own backroom stuff. And secondly, we always keep talking about post-Fergie era and how the retirement of Fergie has affected us so badly. But we keep forgetting that along with Fergie, the most important part of the Man United cog was David Gill, who I don't think gets his right. due credit because he was the guy who was behind all our major acquisitions and getting these players whom Fergie either would scout or our scouts would go ahead and find these young talents and all and whoever we usually would go for we would tend to get 9 out of 10 times we would get our players. He was replaced by a very famous Mr. Ed Woodward who is a different topic altogether but it is common knowledge that when Woodward came in and Moise's first season in charge everybody knew that we were going for players like Fabregas, Bale, Thiago Alacantara and end of the day we didn't get any one of them and on deadline day we just landed up with Furball Fellaini. You can't really expect 
much when the manager starts off the season with a, such a rocky start because Moyes has come out and said in press conferences and later also that he was promised these players but he was eventually given only Fellaini. That obviously was another stumbling block and after that like once the season started obviously we could see that his tactic was not up to the mark. There has been several reports of ex-players complaining about his game plan and tactics where he would come before the game and tell them that in this game I want 500 passes in the game things like that which was unheard of during the Fergie era or like during the Bayern Munich game he instructing players to kick the ball off the shins of Bayern Munich players so that it would help them earn corners in the game on which Fellaini could capitalize so these kind of game plans and gameplays at least felt very childish to Premier League winning team regarding the backroom team I feel every manager has their own backroom team which has been working with them for years so they have an understanding and the people who had worked with Ferguson how much would they actually look up to Moes who would actually have the control of the room see so that's not that the point the point is when Fergie was retiring he already made a transition to the fans and said that whoever is the next manager your job is to support and Fergie was such a character in that backroom that if you would have said to his backroom staff also that you know you need to help Moes with the transition and it might take about a year or so but you transition him out and then you look for another opportunity towards the last few years Fergie was not directly involved into the team or how the team was working out yes he would come and talk to the team a couple of times or give some speech but Rene Mullistin Mick Phelan and Eric Steele these three people were very pivotal in how United was performing overall and Robin Van Persie has come out and said a couple of times that a goal that he has scored in a match was practiced for about 20 times by Rene Mullistin just before that match they were that good they already knew the opponents and they knew the players so it would not have been a wrong transition if you look back right now it's not about keeping your ego in place it's about keeping the club at the right place and I think that is where things went wrong big time and you can understand yeah. that how like Mick Feeler and all these other backroom staff also would have been how Tanmay is saying willing to support and uh, help the club transition because the first thing when Ole got interim job the first person he called was Mick Feeler and he was at United right the next day he was uh, doing some coaching or something in a lower league team but uh, he left that and right next day reported for coaching along with Ole. Yeah, I agree. I think Moyes firing up all the backroom staff kind of shows uh, his lack of confidence and that he was not really up to the job that he had been given. If you look at how a lot of people have talked about the mentality and uh, the instructions that they used to get from Moyes and uh, these were the same players who had won the league the previous year. So they were like, this is mid-table mentality which he's trying to bring in to a club like Manchester United. It's been six years uh, since then and we have had lots of uh, bad performances so we now know to expect anything but at that point of time United was a kind of a battleship that you had very high standards for so even for the players getting that kind of instructions from the coach did not really bring in any confidence for them so that's also something that really did not help Moise. Well he is a victim of being the first successor of Ferguson. Anybody would have come and not given the performances on the field would have faced the same whether even if it was somebody more successful as you know Pep Guardiola. Right. I mean very beautiful for anyone. Yeah definitely. Right. His signs would say if he was given the three four years that other managers were given maybe he would have shown the performances but then that would be a big if. I tend to disagree because like if you see his gameplay and the kind of plays he was trying to do like with long balls and things like 
like that. I don't think like given a longer run of games or a longer period of time for him to improve on, like the gameplay would have improved much and like fans would have accepted him. Unnecessary crossings were there, but probably couple of transfer windows and he would have changed the team also. Right. No, but I'll give you an example. The example that I want to bring in is that Fergie in his last season built the team around Robin Van Persie. He knew that Robin Van Persie is going to be the talisman even though Rooney was present out there and Paul Scholes and Brian Giggs and everyone was there but Robin Van Persie was the talisman. For Moes, the talisman was Fellaini and you cannot yeah, but that have... again wasn't his first choice. Like he was given yeah, right. given that by Woodward. So can't really blame exactly. him on that. And he came out about it, but, right? Yes, he, he, did, he, mention. he did mention that uh, he was promised like when he took up the job he was promised Fabregas, Bale and Alcantara. He was not helped uh, in the transfer market. Right. I mean, but, if he but, had been supported well then probably right. things would have been a bit different. But then again the gameplay and strategy and the backroom staff these are all his decisions which like only he can be blamed for. One more thing that I would like to point out here is that uh, should he have been hired as United's manager in the first place? I mean he was hired only because Sir Alex recommended it but do you guys think that it was a good decision from the club's perspective should the club had agreed to sign him as a manager? Yeah, I would say the club was not in a position to say no to Sir Alex Ferguson at that point of time and when Sir Alex appointed or chose David Moyes as the successor he was I still remember the headline in the newspaper was they are cut out from the same cloth because they have similar kind of background from Scotland from that yeah, uh, Aberdeen yes yeah, so, so everyone thought that David Moyes eventually will become the next Sir Alex Ferguson but obviously so, he was wrong yeah, so absolutely. it was more of an emotional decision you're saying yes because it was Fergie's decision like all transfer signings and everything like how like all are like we till date don't have a director of football because everything was handled by Fergie and things are still being handled that way so similarly his successor was also like it's common knowledge that his successor was chosen by him only and especially at a time when Mourinho was available and Mourinho was doing well and in the peak of his game because next season Moes took over United and Mourinho came back to Chelsea so who is at fault of signing of Moes 100% you guys are saying Ferguson is at fault right today if some you can't people... say it was his fault I would say but yes it was a decision that it was went a poor wrong. decision it's a, it was a poor decision because he had never yeah. won anything so it he has never won anything and not like his gameplay was very good or something because if you had seen Everton playing those days also it was pretty boring long ball kind of tactics which he would deploy and win games so it wasn't really a very exciting game to watch so I obviously I have the utmost respect for Fergie but this is one decision which went horribly wrong True but I would like to come back to the point that you were making about Ed Woodward and this is something I heard a few days back from Juan Mata's podcast that when United signed Juan Mata from Chelsea in the January window Manchester United insisted that Juan Mata is brought to Manchester United via helicopter so Juan said that I could just catch a flight or a train and come to Manchester but United said no we will arrange for a helicopter for you and you come out and it happened that day the weather in London was bad there was no way a helicopter could come to London so Juan Mata was actually driven out of London he took a helicopter from there and then he was made to do that entry now think about this United that time was not focusing about the footballing matters they were more focused on how Manchester United as a brand was coming up into the market so that was Ed Woodward's USP to build a brand out of Manchester United but not on the footballing side nobody can deny the fact that like what he does on the commercial front there's
there's nobody better than him because right from instant noodles to bathroom fittings everybody is uh, co-sponsors and even though we haven't been performing well on the pitch of the pitch we are doing phenomenally well in terms of commercial so for that all credit goes to him but then again he's also to be blamed because he's the one who doesn't appoint a director of football and still wants to be in charge of all the footballing decisions also i agree with you i think i was going to say the same thing it is a good marketing gimmick that you do this because this is eye catching this will make headlines that yuan mata was brought in in a helicopter by manchester united and things like that but that's not necessarily going to help the team on the field now we should also try to look back and remember the circumstances where yuan mata was signed in the january transfer window we were doing very poorly in the league and we needed some reinforcements uh, we did sign one it was a late signing because we should have made proper signings in the summer as well and uh, this kind of distracts everyone from the failures of the previous transfer window this is like making a statement but that would not necessarily reflect in on the field performances yuan mata a lot of people were not really sold out to the idea of signing yuan mata he has been a good servant of the club for quite some time now but, but why would you say that people... he won back to back player of the year in chelsea for two years and then yeah. and, he was and not he getting an opportunity out. with he jose fell down he did fell down the pecking order when jose joined the club back and that was a number 10 position that we signed one mata for and uh, the team we were playing under moise we had a completely uncharacteristic way of playing we did not know who would be playing where i mean we were putting players all over the place so people had a lot yeah. of questions about where yuan mata would fit in such a team also was yuan mata the only solution to the problems that united have a lot of defensive uh, mistakes were being made as well and a lot of other things were there so i think yes in hindsight it was a good decision to sign someone like yuan mata with the kind of quality that he has but i think it wasn't something that would immediately get us results on the field as well so bringing him in in a helicopter was more of a you know marketing gimmick or something yeah that's what but i think i already pointed out that we needed someone in the center attacking midfielder and felaini was not the answer in center attacking midfielder it was understood and if you see thiago alcantara or any other player that moise was looking for was in the center midfielding area and we had to get him and i still remember the best player of that season was actually adnan janunas he was becoming the next ryan gigs perhaps in that point of time isn't it Yeah absolutely that season Adnan Yanuzai was one of the best breakout stars which came out from that season but Mata even though he came in the second half i think he did exceptionally well and over the coming years also i think he has performed very well especially some of his performances in Anfield obviously that and those have been in later years but you can't take away the fact that he was a pretty good signing and all thanks to Jose for benching him and not making him play even though he was player of the year i think twice before this for chelsea came and he benched him and thanks to that we could at least get him when he was in very good form Moise's season, like what we saw, like in his first season, he got two players. One was Fellaini, one was Mata. So, how would you guys rate the two signings out of ten? Say Fellaini was five at tops, and Mata, I would give a seven. I think provided the kind of player that he has been over a period of time. Fellaini five. I I won't give him anything more than that. He was just there for. He's more of an impact player. He's not player who can. being the team for like 90 minutes and make a certain difference used as a super sub 
He has won us a lot of games though. Like yes. he was the Yeah, so that is so that is why I would like to disagree a bit. Although like we all may make a lot of fun of Fellaini, but end of the day we all knew when we were buying him, we all knew what he was going to offer and what he should be used for because he's a football player who is not very good with his foot, but he's good with his head and chest. So given that is his attributes, I think like whichever game he came on and like he used that very well to his advantage and like he as Amin was saying he has won us a lot of games in the dying moments and where he's cropped up with headers and stuff like that so I think I would give him a 6 and Mata would 7.5 or something because I think over the period of time he Mata has been pretty good for us it's just a shame that he has lost a quite a bit of pace in recent times and obviously he has not been as phenomenal as he has been in the past. Fellini was used by all the managers, I would say. Everyone that he's played with, he's always come up as super sub. Nobody actually benched him for you know months and months and did not give him any playing time. So he has come useful at times and he is been a super sub for many games, like I mean said, you won you guys many matches. That is one thing, like regardless of so many manager changes, everybody has kept mm. him apart from Ole, everybody kept him and used him for his attributes. Right. And I think a lot of people do not like Fellini because of the fact that when he was on the pitch, the entire United team did was that they tried to just Hit long put balls. the ball to him hit long ball so that he can like win those balls and then try to make something. So it was a very painful thing to see. In some games, we had to rely on that just because there was no other plan and the players were not playing well. So the impact that he has had in some of the results is something that we cannot ignore. I think Fellaini does deserve a six. Nothing less than that. And I think yeah. Mata is definitely a seven. For Mata, I like him a lot as a player and as a guy. But I think that Mata was not the answer to the problems that we were having at that point in time. We had a lot of players in the forward positions who were not really doing well. The problem here was the lack of the system. People were not very sure how United would play in each games. And what we really needed at that point in time was a commanding midfielder like Tony Cruz or something. We missed out on that because of which we suffered the entire season and Moyes did not really have a chance as well. But I think in hindsight, Mata has won us a lot of games as well and he has been a very good servant of the club. So I think, yeah. yes, it was a good signing, just not the answer to our problems at that point in time. I think Mata deserves seven and, not only on the pitch, even if you look at his work off the pitch and in the dressing room also, Mata has been a kind of role model which has had a very good influence on the young players as well. Like most of the young players, when they give their interviews, they all talk about Mata and what a great person he is and how he's supporting them and helps them nurture their game and grow. So yes, you have to consider that also when you're talking about him as a player because it's not on the pitch also. Sometimes off the pitch contributions also matter a lot. I think one point that I still want to make is that Gixi took over uh, United for the last three or four matches. I don't know if Ed would have shown some kind of faith in Gixi or not. But what Ed would have done that time is keep Kixi as the manager and bring in the old stuff, which we have seen that has happened with Ole. I don't know what went on at that point of time, whether he had agreement with Louis Van Hal before Moise was sacked or not. All these things are not very clear. But I wish 
we would have carried on with gigzy and brought in the old stuff because yeah, that was the right then thing. then again that is also where i think emotions come into play a bit because i don't think like gigs really has any kind of experience to take a team like united forward because like if we see in recent days also duncan ferguson he took over everton and he did decently for 3 4 games or something but after a while when they got ancelotti they put in ancelotti because as a interim manager it's a very different thing because what you're mainly doing is you're just motivating players to go do well go play well give it their all and everything but once you're appointed as a permanent manager that is when like all your skills training strategies game plans everything come into play so for a short duration interim i think all that works but then again like we shouldn't get too emotional and get on the bandwagon of hiring ex players and ex man united staff and everything as people in the back room or the coaching and managers and everything ole is there right now he's doing well and all but i think getting in lvg at that point of time was a better decision than giving ryan gigs the full time job because lvg wherever he went he had a proven track record and he did win trophies and titles everywhere he went like jose i agree i think you know a lot of people actually have this argument against ole as well that ole was given the permanent job just because he is a club legend so we may have done the same thing with ryan gigs as well back then and i do not think it would have been the right decision because experience he is yet to have a coaching style of his own he is yet to develop all the techniques that makes a team your own so i think it would have been a very immature or a short sighted decision to actually have someone like ryan gigs lead a club of the magnitude of manchester united so i think we dodged a bullet there because if you look at the other experience that gigs has as a manager it's not that well either uh, he is currently managing wales and it's not like he has a team that is setting everything on fire or so i think we have to be very patient in these scenarios and yes a bit sentimental that you have a club legend managing your team and all the fans are on board on this idea very quickly but if you think about the actual impact experienced coaches they have more chance of having an impact immediately as compared to novice managers I think with LVG's appointment there was a huge thrust of players also that came in because I remember the first win like as soon as Rui Van Hal came in we brought in Blind Di Maria Falcao Ander Herrera who was a long time target for David Moyes and Lukshaw all these players came in and I think it did a pretty good job that transfer window don't you think so Yeah it also helps when there's a proven manager at the helm of things because players would want to come today to come and play for a LVG or a Pep or a Klopp or Ancelotti as compared to say coming and playing for Moyes or somebody who has no style of play who plays long balls plays unattractive football so like when players also see that there is a proven manager who's running the show like i think that also plays big part in recruitment because if we see after moes when we appointed lvg and jose our recruitment pretty much most of the players apart from cruz and few others whoever we went for we did get them i think there is one thing that i would like to point out here out of the six signings that we made that season how many of them do you think are still at the club look so, so we have We and have Luke Shaw, 
who is at the club and Rojo not really a part of the right. club anymore and he has not been really participating in improving the club as well so i think there have been signings but you can not only look at the number of signings you also have to look at the impact that those signings have had now since we are looking back in the past and analyzing these signings we have some more information about how they actually did once they joined it so just putting in numbers is not always enough you do determine the success of a transfer strategy or the success of the business that you have done in the market by the results that they have brought you in hindsight you would really realize and you can probably judge whether those signings were the right signings or not was it a scouting problem or were the signings made because of some commercial decision or some other decisions or something angel di maria was a very big name at that time there were a lot of speculations that he was signed because he would sell shirts so it's not really like the case that he was going to come in and and significantly improve the fortunes of the team he did not turn out to be that kind of a player and maybe he, we wanted a cristiano ronaldo and thought maybe angel di maria no, but, was him uh, no but, but di maria i would tend to disagree a bit because di maria there was mainly two issues one was his attitude problem because there was no denying the talent that he was because he is a very talented player and like some of the games that he played he did quite well for us but obviously there was a attitude problem with him and secondly like he was one of the best wingers at that point of time in world football and he was being played as a wing back because lvg was playing his 352 formation and he was played as a wing back quite a number of times which uh, he was quite vocal about and unhappy about playing in that position that is exactly what i'm trying to say the strategy that you show in the market and right. then the there's, there's no cohesion that you play there is no cohesion why would right. you sign the best winger in the world if you want to have a defensive style of play in the right. game Absolutely. so a lot of those things don't really add up which has been a problem for us if you analyze overall need at that point of time you remember what team david moyes left behind and we definitely spoke about marta and felini so we knew that we required a central midfielder we required an impact player in di maria we needed a central midfielder which was herrera. filled up by herrera of course and then robin van persie was not in a peach of form chicharito was still okay i still regret the fact that louis van hal put him on loan and later sold him off because i think chicharito was one striker who could have been amazing as a super sub throughout he never complained but mm-hmm. louis van hal selling him was was wrong absolutely wrong luke shaw definitely great talent to sign in that point of time and also marhus roho so overall i think the kind of players louis van hal got at that point of time was good but i think i don't know if it is a stringent way of playing or how things did not work out maybe he wanted to build the team around falcao and di maria but it did not work out as well because of different reasons and then we come into the next season where he gets bastian schweinsteiger also he gets memphis depay sergio romero darmian and marshall so these are the signings he got next season along with morgan snyderlin so i right. think overall if you see ed woodward did support louis van hal in terms of the players that he got i read in a paper that louis van hal said that he never got the kind of players that he was looking for but if you get 14 players in your two years stint within united he got the most of the players that any manager has got since 
Sir Alex Ferguson had left. And even I don't think during Sir Alex Ferguson's time, we had 14 incoming players in two years ever. So he was definitely rebuilding. He was also letting go a lot of players like we let go of Welbeck, we let go of Kagawa, Van Persie, Rafael, Evra, Johnny Evans, Vidic, Rio, Wilfred Zaha, of course. Big talent. Yeah. We definitely let these people go, but also 14 players in two years. I think he had been supported well, but it's just that his very stringent way of gameplay that wasn't right. I would again say the same thing. We should just not talk about the numbers only. I mean, we should talk about these transfers in context as well. 14 people signed by Louis Van Hal. At the same time, 14 or 15 players left the club as well. Right. So, if there are 15 people who are leaving the club, then you have to fill those positions in. So you definitely will have to sign players. So it's not that he had those many players to sign just because Ed Woodward supported him. It was also because the team was in a bit of a phase where we were clearing out the deadwood. A lot of the players that he sold were the ones who are way past their expiry date or something. It would not be entirely accurate to just talk about the numbers of players that were signed for him. We also let a lot of players go as well. And I would give some credit to Louis Van Hal for being very ruthless with clearing out the deadwood. A lot of those players may have stuck longer at the club and that would have hampered our rebuilding process. So he helped in the rebuilding by allowing a lot of players to leave. But the number of players that he signed in, a lot of those players did not stick around for long. Like how many of those players do you see still playing for the club. I think from those 14, I think there are five or less than five who are still playing for the club. So a lot of those signings were not good signings as well, as I keep saying this. During the LVG period, we had pretty good times also. And moreover, I think the whole rebuild phase, technically you can say it started from LVG's time itself. Because as you guys were saying, there was a lot of deadwood cleared out as well as a lot of signings that came in. And let's not forget players in current day, Anthony Marshall and Marcus Rashford, both of whom one was signed by LVG, the other one was given an opportunity and he made his breakthrough under LVG. So two of our top players, you can say, thanks to LVG, brought to the forefront. And let's not forget like his tremendous record against the top four teams. I think against the top four, we didn't lose a single game when he was in charge. And especially Liverpool's, like when he was in charge and when we were playing against Liverpool, it became like a given that Man United would win because he gave that confidence. Most of the times we played, I think we beat them every time. Tanmay, I think Tanmay would know better. Yes, he was tactically very good. You know, there is no doubt about the fact that Louis Van Hal was tactically amazing. And most of the players who have played during that phase, including seniors like Tarek or Rooney, they always talk about him being the most tactically gifted coach they have worked under. Like, they rate him more than Fergie when tactics comes into place. And obviously, it was amazing record that time that we had against the top four. I think we but the beat point Liverpool is, every time, right? Like we, whenever we played against him. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. one time was that Juan Field thing. Remember yeah. him yeah. scoring a brace then with that Gerard, scissor kick. Then the Gerard red card where Herrera, he tackled Herrera. He came on and in 10 seconds he got taken off. He got a red card. Yeah. So yeah. a yeah. few memorable games under him against Liverpool especially. 
So top teams, uh, he had a very good track record. But again, coming to later part of his career, I think all of us would agree. We all Man United fans, all of us, we just want to see attractive, free-flowing, fast football, which like for some reason like him being a tactical coach and tactically very astute he started this trend of a lot of passing with no real productivity and a very boring brand of football yeah so i'll tell you the story what used to happen in training is that he wanted the football to be played in a very robotic fashion in the way right. that he wants it to be so there is no creativity in place he would not ask or he would not appreciate any player trying something out new he would always try and go by the books and how he would conduct the training is that for example they are in a flow and all of a sudden there is a pass that he did not like he will stop the game and he will ask why did you make that pass why did not you choose someone else so that was affecting the players a lot because they always thought that they had shackles on their legs and they were not free enough to impress the fans they were only playing for the coach and that obviously reached the boardroom and louis van hal fell with the board in that aspect and that is where i think introduction of jose coming in the picture wherein jose was already sacked he was available and ed woodward obviously wanted to get that brand of man united playing attractive football louis van gaal has always been a theoretical manager he always wants to go what's on the paper he wants to see that and during all his career he's had problems with players once they've tried to not do what he wants because he's also quite results oriented so you can't really blame him because under him we did play a pretty boring brand of football but results would come we did win the fa cup under him we did finish in the top 4 and that also when in the previous season we finished 7th under moes and next season we finished 4th and then 5th and we won the fa cup so in terms of result he seems to be a pretty results oriented kind of a manager but yes the kind of football that he plays is maybe not that pleasing to the eye his philosophy did serve him really well throughout his career i mean he is considered as a legend of the game he has won everywhere he went every team that he has coached he has won there so it is just that he was so rigid in his methods and people used to criticize that his methods have become a bit outdated for the modern game and he was not ready to change them and some of the players like memphis depay actually did not thrive very well because of the style in which he wanted everyone to play in their team so yeah i agree with you i think just the fact that he was not willing to change was the main reason why he had a fell out with the board in today's football you have to change with time one of the things that people give a lot of credit to sir alex for is that he was willing to change with time he was one of the first ones who actually noticed a new trend coming into the football and then he was the first one to change according to that or change his style or his methods according to that something that lvg lacked one thing you reminded me was of his press conference where time and time again that one word we would hear repeatedly which was philosophy yeah yeah he was very particular about that i think jose being mentee of louis van hal was also very big on the philosophy that he wanted to bring in right and it was it was sad to see louis van hal leave i mean after he won the fa cup i think it was looking bright in spite of him letting go of lot of players who could have thrived for united and him trying to get a lot of players who were at the twilight of their career like schweinsteiger 
but still i think he was much better than moises sera i would say absolutely and, and plus he was very passionate also when it comes to his managing and during the games and all i think all of you will remember that meme where he was talking to the fourth official and then he falls down <laughs> and it became a big meme and all but then again that was him being passionate on the touchline fighting for his team and trying to yeah. explain something to the fourth official not talking about moes but i think lvg jose and ole all three of them have been really passionate about united when they have been the manager for jose and lvg i think it has more a case of bad fit a case of bad marriage because they were probably not the right managers for united under the given circumstances which is why they probably did not succeed as much but as far as passion is concerned as far as having their heart you know in united is concerned i think there were no problems there so that was three difficult years with moes louis van hal but it was looking better we won the first trophy after all who would have thought that it would take 3 years for us to win one the second part covering jose and ole would be released soon don't forget to share your feedback with us in our social media channels or write to us our email address is manunitedway.podcast@gmail.com hope you enjoy your easter weekend